Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome in to the Blue Wire Studios for Bet to Win. I'm your host, Joe Fan, here at the Win Las Vegas. A monster weekend in combat sports. It is fight week in Las Vegas, and that means UFC 276 at T-Mobile Arena on Saturday night. I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right into uh, our interview with my guy, Nick Dayas, the host and founder of Blue Wire's Veterans Minimum Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Dayas 10. He is a regular on this show because nobody talks UFC better than this guy. Nick, I want to start with this, man. Uh, my dad, Captain Fan, uh, he's a big fan of yours. Every time he's on, he texts me, ah, Nick was on. I, I love when Nick's on. So welcome back, man. You got a fan in the fan household. Oh, dude, dude, you just made my day. I appreciate that. Give him a shout out if he's listening to this. Shout out to, to, to Papa Fan. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Uh, Nick, let's start with this um, because, again, you have taught me so much about MMA in general. And so um, you've mentioned that Fight Week here in Vegas is MMA's and UFC's Super Bowl. Uh, what mm -hmm. is Fight Week? Give us just kind of the nuts and bolts of what takes place during this week leading up to this epic card that we're about to discuss. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what Fight Week is. For the UFC, it's their biggest event of the year. It's always in Vegas. And, you know, the UFC is based out of Vegas, fight capital of the world. We all know that. But there's a lot of events going on. Uh, they'll do, like, fighters will do seminars. They'll do meet and greets. They'll invade the city more so than any other time that they go to Vegas. You have the Hall of Fame, which is massive, too, for the UFC. They've really made it, like, the... Uh, Joe, you know how they do the NFL awards the night before the Super Bowl? That's kind of what the Hall of Fame has become for the UFC. And this year, it's headlined by Habib, who's going to go into the Hall of Fame. And he's arguably, you know, he's on the Mount Rushmore in many people's eyes. So it's a huge event. It's massive. And then it's capped off by a super stacked card. Like, Connor fought on a fight week before, Joe. And in the past, usually Connor cards, they'll, it's such a big headline having Connor McGregor on it that they won't stack the pay-per-view because people are going to buy it anyway. But even that card was like loaded. And then you got this one here coming up, which I've, now I'm pretty, I've uh, subbed my buddy Josh, who's getting married in September, his bachelor parties in a couple weeks. I wanted to go to fight week. We couldn't do it in Vegas. So I'm not going to fight week basically because of my friend Josh, Joe. Damn it, Josh. <laughs> Nick, what do we need to know about the Hall of Fame? Give us the headliners. Uh, it's it's mostly Habib and uh, DC is going in. Also, I think they're the two most notable. Uh, you know, fun fact, they're both teammates. They're both really good friends. Uh, they're out of AKA in, in California. And they're two of the best guys. I think you can't write the history books of MMA and UFC, Joe, without those two guys. Uh, DC, a two-division champ. His wars with John Jones, probably the greatest rivalry. It's, you know, now that I say it, I think the, the two greatest rivalries in the UFC ever are probably the two guys going into the Hall of Fame right now. Habib and Connor, that whole, the, the lead up to it and all the back and forth. And then John Jones in DC probably was a big catalyst as to why the UFC sold for $4 billion a couple of years ago. Let's dive into this card. Uh, four monster fights headlining uh, the main card. Let's start at the bottom and work our way to the top with the two main events, the co-main and the main event with a couple of titles on the line. Um, in the bantamweight class, Sean O'Malley is a minus 280 favorite against Pedro Munoz at plus 225. Sean O'Malley, a big personality um, and a polarizing figure in, U in the UFC. 
Um, are you excited for this one? Oh, yeah. O'Malley puts on a show. I'm pretty sure he's fought all his fights in Vegas. I know I saw him at 248. And he's a guy who always... He shows out, right? He's very flashy. He has he has that it factor. And I hate throwing that out there sometimes, Joe, because I feel like it's very cliche. But there's something about him that's different. And he's finding a guy in Pedro Munoz who's been a gatekeeper for 135 for a long time. And what that means in MMA is... You know, to to get into the top five or to get a title shot, this is going to be one of the guys in your way in order for you to get there. Uh, Sean O'Malley is fifteen and one in his career. His only loss, very questionable. Uh, he says it was because he hurt himself in camp. The other guy, Cheeto Vera, says that it was you know a leg kick that did it. But O'Malley is flashy, man. He goes for the finishes. Um, performance of the night bonuses uh, in all of his UFC fights that he's won. And this is a big step up for him because for the longest time, Joe, when you get a guy like O'Malley, you want, if you're the UFC, you want to market him, right? So you want to give him a lot of layup fights. And I, I hate saying that because no fight is easy, but there's some where you're like, all right, there's a reason why he's minus 400 consensus every time he fights. But Munoz is a dog, man. And you know, he's coming off some losses. He's he's one and four in his last four fights. But, you know, it's to Frankie Edgar. It's to Aljamain Sterling, who's a champion now. It's to Jose Aldo, who's a legend. And it's to Dominic Cruz, who is another legend in 135. So this is a massive, massive step up for Sean O'Malley. If Sean O'Malley wins, does he get a shot at Aljamain Sterling, the current champion in that class? Not right away. Not right away. I'm pretty sure, Joe, this is the first time that O'Malley is actually ranked. I believe he's number 15 in, uh, or, or he's close to the top 10. He might be 11 or 12. I don't have that in front of me right now. But I know that after his last fight, he cra cracked the top 15. And Munoz is right behind them at, at 12 or 13. So they're, they're right next to each other. I think he would get a, just to continue to climb up the totem pole. And this is the kind of fight that you really want to see at O'Malley who it's pretty much been stand-up affairs every time that he's fought so far in the UFC. Is I kind of I look at I'm trying to learn the UFC and what means a lot, and obviously you want to be the champion, but you look at uh, like a sport like golf, and not every player goes into a tournament on the PGA Tour and says, I believe I can win this tournament, but I want to make a cut, so then I guarantee a payday. Maybe you can work your way to a top 20. For most fighters... The, the goal is to be a champion, but is there a pride that goes into, okay, if O'Malley wins this, every fight he has will be on a pay-per-view card. He's not going to be at Apex. He's going to be at the creme de la creme fights um, and the top cards in the UFC. Is, is that a thing or did I just make that up? No, there's a little bit of truth to that. The, the most famous and uh, notable story of something along these lines, Joe, was uh, Justin Gaethje. Gaethje, when he first was coming up in the scenes and was getting all these like highlight reel, he's called the highlight reel. Uh, prior to making it to the UFC, and even when he came to the UFC, he's like, I just want to get the bag. Uh, I just want to put on exciting fights. I want to be a headliner, and I want to make money. He's like, that's what I'm here to fight for. And then eventually, his coach, Trevor Whitman, who is the coach of Rose Namajunas and Kamaru Usman, he asked him, like, yo, is this what you want to do? Because... This isn't sustainable, dude. You're taking a lot of damage to the head. You, you know, you're in all these wars. Like you're the you're a fan favorite, but it's a detriment to your body. And then he's like, I want to be champion. And then the whole 
perception of things. Bring that to O'Malley now. And these guys that are chasing it, a lot of them want to make money. Obviously, right? That's that's kind of a vanilla take there. But for the most part, I think a guy like O'Malley, he wants to be champion because when you do become champion, Joe, there's just like another level of money that you can make too that's you can't make if you're one of these like journeymen kind of just happy to be here, guys. Got it. Uh, It's a big night in the middleweight class. Certainly the main event that we'll get to, but Alex Pereira is a minus 125 favorite against Sean Strickland. Uh, Essentially a pick here. Very little juice as far as UFC main card fights go. What's the tail of the tape in this one? So this fight might be the one, Joe, that people are the most intrigued by. And it's the third fight on the card. So Sean Strickland is... I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. He, he's he's a very interesting follow on social media. Uh, if you are into PC culture and politically correct, this is not your guy. So just pursue with caution with going. Now he is a uh, he's a very good fighter. Puts the pace on you. Heavy cardio. Doesn't gas out. And he's a uh, he talks a lot. He's known for you can hear him talking to like, oh, I just got you. What's up? I got you. And you know, oh, I know that one hurt. I know and he says a lot of other things. I'm not sure if I could curse on here, so I'm not gonna. On the flip side, Alex Pereira, his claim to fame is he's beaten Adesanya twice in kickboxing. One time he knocked out Adesanya. That was his last loss in kickboxing before Adesanya, the champ headlining this card, ended up transitioning to MMA. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that Pereira was an all-world kickboxer and he's new to MMA. I believe, Joe, this is his third fight in the UFC. And Pereira is a guy who is very flashy. A lot of knockouts. You don't want to stand up with him. If you try to beat him in his own game, you're not going to. You're going to get exposed. It's going to be bad. Now, this is a fascinating matchup because Adesanya, not giving away too much from the main event, we've talked about how he's cleaned out the 185 division. And they're looking for new blood. So if Pereira Joe wins this fight in dominating fashion or gets a crazy knockout, I'm almost positive and Adesanya retains. That's the next fight for Adesanya. Because this guy, the, the built-in story, they're going to show the highlight of him knocking out Adesanya, who's been pretty much untouchable in the UFC. Do you like him as a relatively unknown favorite, though? Because it seems like it's a little bit of a projection given he's only had two fights in the UFC. Um, and it seems like it's a lot of ifs, a lot of buts, a lot of projection based on what he's done as a kickboxer. Or do you think him being the favorite here is legit? This is a, I think the line is wrong. I would put Strickland as the favorite just because I know more of him and he's more seasoned in the UFC. And we know that he is a legit BJJ guy on the ground too, which we haven't really seen from Pereira. Pereira also is in the same camp as Glover Teixeira. Now, Glover is not going to throw his teammate under the bus. You never really do that. But he's been with Glover now for about six months. So who knows where his jiu-jitsu is and his ground game because we haven't seen it. The last guy he fought, Silva, was another guy who's a headhunter and try to go tries and gets knockouts. So it's a very fascinating matchup right here, Joe. And I think the winner of this, regardless of who it is, would be next for a title shot. Another classic striker versus grappler fight. I love that narrative going into a fight and previewing a card. It's what I've, it's, that's, 
the buzzwords I've picked up in my uh, now like nine months of, of becoming a UFC fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to the main, starting with the co-main, the featherweight title on the line, Alexander Volkanovsky at minus 195, the favorite against the underdog at plus 160 is Max Holloway. This a trilogy fight. Volkanovsky has won the first two. And so I guess I want to lead off with this. How did we get back to, to round three of this fight? Is that because the featherweight division is just so empty that it's just these two and nobody else? Um, because when you look at how, what Holloway has done, he's lost both fights. Uh, Volkanovsky, even if, you know, by split decision, some weren't pleased with the judges' decisions. But this is a guy who hasn't finished anyone in four years. Yeah, so I think uh, I would agree with you that they've cleaned out the division. Um, I've talked about this many times with you, Joe. I feel like the UFC is in a very unique spot with their men champions. Usman, Volkanovski, and Adesanya, the only formidable foe that can legit beat them, in my opinion, they've already beaten them twice each. You have Covington and Usman. Usman's up 2 nothing. You got Whitaker and Adesanya. Adesanya's up 2 nothing, And now you have Volkanovski and Max. Volk up 2 nothing. Now, the reason why we're getting the trilogy, Joe, is Max has cleaned out. He beat Cater, who fought a couple weeks ago. And then he beat Yair Rodriguez. Two fights that he didn't really need to take, but he also didn't want to sit around and wait. And you have that split decision loss where one judge gave it to Max. Both fights have gone five rounds each. So there's a little bit of a uh, Volk isn't really the champion. He didn't really beat Max in that second fight. That's how you arrive back to a trilogy and why we got it here. Got it. Uh, and let's go to the main. Israel Adesanya, huge favorite. The biggest favorite of the night at minus 425 against Jared Cannonier at plus 320. Uh, if you're betting on Cannonier at 320, are you betting him by knockout because there's no way he wins in the decision? I think everything you read about him, he's a dangerous finisher. Um, but obviously, Adesanya, one of the baddest men in all of the UFC. Yeah, that's exactly it. If you want to take Cannonier, uh, it has to be by knockout. I don't think he could cruise to a five-round decision win over Adesanya. Uh, don't look at the submission props. This is, you know, the submission props on both of these guys. The fight alone, Joe, to end by submission is 12-1. to 1. Nobody's going to hit the ground and, and submit. These guys are going to stand up and, and try to knock each other's heads off. Uh, the If you're going to bet Cannoneer, it has to be by knockout. And Adesanya is, to me, he's the most fascinating UFC fighter on the roster in the sense of what he does from a striking perspective is so beautiful to watch and it's so calculated. He doesn't put himself in harm's way and he just picks you apart. It's very Mayweather, uh, Mayweathery. I don't even know if that's like a that's definitely not a real term. I just made that up, but I like Joe, it. You know how, like, Mayweather, it. Yeah, yeah, but you know how like Mayweather in his fights, the first couple of rounds, he's like just uh, picking up all your tendencies, and then later on, he beats you at it. Yeah, that's what Adesanya does too. First round, he'll probably just sit back and and, and take in, observe what what's happening, and then he'll piece him apart. It's a fight that Adesanya has been calling for for the last couple of years because he's like, I want fresh blood. And he had said to him two years ago, he's like, you're the dark horse in this division. And Adesanya, he, he wants to leave a legacy of being the guy that fought everybody. You know, he's known for, he fought Yoel Romero, who was coming off three straight losses for a title. Because he's like, this is the guy, this is the boogeyman in the division. That's who I want. I want a piece of him. Granted, one of the worst fights of all time. 
But that's the kind of guy that Adesanya is. He wants to beat the hype train. He wants to beat the guy that everyone says is the dark horse in the division. That's why you arrived to this main event on Saturday. Do you give Cannoneer any sort of shot just because he is so dangerous as a finisher? And even if you don't, can he still put on a good enough show to where you say it was a worthy main event? So the thing with Cannoneer is he's, you know, he used to fight a heavyweight. So he has a lot of power. A lot of power. Uh, you'll see if you watch any promo, they're going to show him five years ago at heavyweight. And it's like, holy hell, how's this guy fighting at 185? The puncher's chance thing, yeah, that is one of the lamest takes that people have. Like, oh, it only takes one hit. It's like, yeah, you know who knows that also? Adesanya. He's not going to go in there and have a firefight with him. That's why he's very calculated. He keeps you at bay. He's an amazing kickboxer too. So yeah, does he have a puncher's chance? And... With the power, absolutely. That can negate everything. But also, I think Adesanya is so great that he's not going to allow himself to be put in those bad situations. Just a random question I'm just coming up with right now. It's outside of just this UFC 276 card to cap off fight week here in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena Saturday night. Who are your power rankings of, of Nick Dayus's top three favorite current champions in the UFC? Hmm, that's a great question. I'm going to go with Adesanya's probably number one. Okay. I would go with... <sighs> number two, I'd probably go with Usman. Even though I'm not an Usman guy, like he's grown on me because now he's getting the knockouts. But I think you got to give him his flowers there. And also Francis. I mean, Francis is just like, that dude is... If you just envision what a fighter has to look like, it's like, all right, it's Francis and God. And you know what's what's crazy about this, Joe, is I just mentioned three champions that are from Africa. And they've been pushing to do a three-champion card somewhere in Africa. It'll be the first of its kind. They've never done it. And they've been campaigning for years. It's like, you know, how many times are we going to have three African-born champions? I believe it's Ghana, Cameroon, and Nigeria. And it's like, you know... This is, this is, oh, yeah, sorry. It was, not, both of them are from Nigeria and then one's from Cameroon. But it's like, you know, this is such an iconic thing we should definitely take advantage of and open up doors to a whole different continent we can get to. So seems it's pretty like, fascinating. Seems man. like Dana White has to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, do you have a betting card put together yet? Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, the O'Malley fight is another fight that, you know, just to go back to it a little bit. Yeah, we can go back to any yeah, Munoz being a two-to-one dog, I think, is wrong. Uh, I would probably... This is a scenario where I would probably bet Munoz, even though I think he's going to lose, if that makes sense, just because I think the line is wrong. Uh, this past weekend, it was the same scenario. You had Armin Sarukian was fighting uh, Mateus Gamrot in their uh, main event. And one of the best fights I've ever seen, Joe. If you get a chance, man, like I, I know you're going to... You, any, any downtime you have, check out that fight. It was amazing. But it's like Gamrot was a two to one dog. It's like that that's wrong. That should be closer to like minus 140 plus 125. I was on Gamrot, got a little lucky there with how that fight played out. But that's kind of how I feel about O'Malley. And I would definitely take O'Malley to win inside the distance if I'm going to take him because I don't lay minus 250 or more. Got it. Anything else that you love? Yeah, man. Whatever you got, uh, go through each fight if you have a favorite bet in all of them. 
Well, I, I think my my favorite bet might be one we didn't even mention, and it's uh, this dude Jalen Turner is fighting Brad Riddell. Jalen Turner is on a four fight finish streak. He is one of the most fascinating physical specimens in the UFC because he's like six three, fights at one fifty five, and uh, he's on a hot streak right now. And I think he's a guy who can make some noise at the one fifty five division. He's minus 130. I feel like he should be even more of a favorite. So I think there's some good value on him over there. And then the fight that I'm the most excited about to, to bet on is, is Max and Volkanovski. I think Max uh, at plus 160 is a mistake as well. I'm going to be on the Max side. And then I think, Joe, you might see a fourth fight between these two guys if Max wins. Okay. Uh, before we finish up with Nick, quick promo. Win bets, ultimate fantasy football experience. That giveaway rolls on. All WinBet users can bet $500 or more or more on sports or casino and be entered to win into a prize drawing to have their fantasy football draft at the Encore Beach Club here at the Win Las Vegas uh, for up to 11 friends. So you and 11 friends, bring your 12-team league to Encore Beach Club for your fantasy football draft to be entered again, $500 or more on sports or casino. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. Nick, you know the, the 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 way things go here is every show we end with a winning pick and we're going to tag team this one and I want to go through the card and come up with with one bet above all else that we feel most confident in. And by we, I mean you. And I'm going to steal that for my winning pick here for the show. Uh, and so again, I toss the ball back to you. We've, we've gone through a lot of it. Um, we went through, the, again, the prelims and mentioning Jalen Turner against Brad Riddell headlining the prelims. And then obviously the main card, uh, you've given some leans and some plays as well. Um, what what should we have as our official uh, bet to win winning pick here for fight week in UFC 276? Can I give a parlay? Sure. Yeah, I'm. A, you know, I, I like. I, I need a plus, Joe, next to my bets. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah, like I got the you. juice. I'm trying to get. You know, if we're gonna do it right, we got to do it right. Okay. Jalen Turner, Adesanya, and O'Malley all to win their fights outright. A parlay of those three is plus 202 on win bet. I know I told you, Joe, I don't like laying minus 250 or more on fighters. That's just on like a straight bet. But I think as parlay pieces, Adesanya and O'Malley should be in your parlay cards if you are betting on UFC 276. Well, you were just telling me you kind of like Munoz. From a betting perspective, yes. But if I'm going to parlay it, like as a one-off, I'd probably take Munoz. But as a parlay piece, O'Malley for sure. Okay, so O'Malley, Adesanya, and Turner as our three-leg yes. parlay at plus 202 on win bet. Good stuff. Nick, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you, dude. Uh, as always, the insight, the analysis, uh, the fun, the entertainment, you bring it all. Uh, and I really appreciate you, man. Me and me and my, me and Papa Fan, uh, Big fans of Nick Dayas. Thank you, brother. And uh, make sure you listen to the Veterans Minimum Podcast. Uh, he is the man. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Dayas 10. Nick, thanks so much, man. Enjoy the card here on Saturday. You too, Joe. Have a good one, man. And thanks for uh, putting me over to use the wrestling term. Yes, sir. I love it. Uh, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Bet to Win. Enjoy UFC 276. We will see you on Monday. Uh, enjoy your weekend, everybody. 